Hey guys, welcome to your newest favorite podcast, What's the Conversation? The Podcast. Gays and gals, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Trey LaShange, and today I have with me... What's up, everybody? It's Evan Miller, and we're getting started in three, two, one. Again, welcome to What's the Conversation? The Podcast. This is the official, you know, first episode, and today I have Evan Miller with me, and I'm going to let him tell you guys about himself because you know who better to talk about himself but him so take it away Evan. Ah, Thank you Trey. Um, My name is Evan Miller. I'm a Los Angeles native born and raised. I am a choreographer, dancer, singer, songwriter, entertainer, just an artist. Um, I've been this way since I can remember to be honest since little me you know grew up listening (laughs) to music doing everything that i love to do and now that i'm older and i can take control of that i just really really enjoy putting my art out into the world so yeah that's me i'm an artist and you can check out my stuff on my social we'll let you know what it is at the end of the episode or you could just say it right now too because we'll do it again later people forget they're very forgetful (laughs) so my socials uh my instagram is evan x miller my YouTube is Evan X Miller, or you could just search Evan Miller. Look for, you know, my face when you there's, find me on social. Yeah, because yeah. I was about to say, there's literally nobody that looks like Evan. You'll know him oh. when you see him. Yeah, like, you'll know. Thank like, you. there's no, literally. Yeah, anyway, Thank so what are we supposed to be talking about today? Oh, yeah, we're talking about basically um, our coming out stories, how it happened, and was it necessary to do so? Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk about Black History Month since like, yeah. you know, it's Black History Month, but we're going to talk about what it means to us and just a little tea about the shenanigans going on <laughs> and things that people act like we don't notice. You know, we're going to talk about a little stuff y'all going to see anyway. Y'all, you'll see. We'll get into it anyways. So, Evan, what do you how do you feel about Black History Month? Like, what does Black History Month mean to you? Well, first of all, I'm Black, so... We'll just start there. <laughs> um, it means a lot, honestly, but at the same time, it's a reminder. I think that Black people, all race, any race, okay, deserves to be celebrated 365 days out of the year. I think giving us 28 days to recognize Black history and Black people, period, is crazy. Yeah, it's a bit. And like, okay, so that brings me to this thing I had posted on social media on Instagram, not it's like yesterday or, some, or something, but basically somebody had said something like that. They were basically saying, you know, we should always be celebrated year round and that it's crazy that the one month that we do get to celebrate it is the shortest month of the year. And then somebody had posted, one of my friends had commented on there and she's like, well, you know why they chose that year or this month or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I understand why they chose the month, but it's just so like such a coincidence of how it falls on the shortest month of the year. And, you know, and then it was funny that she pointed that out, but I'm just like, at the same time, like it shouldn't matter why they chose the month because it shouldn't be a month from the beginning. It should always just be, you know, a trip around the sun celebrated all the time, three, six, five, you know, because that you know it's crazy how like they always sit here and say oh well we're all americans but if we're all americans then black history is american history and i think that's a big you know fault that this country has in a lot of, and it's a very contradicting message to me and a lot of people because 
we're sitting here like, well, you're saying that we're Americans, but then you still exclude us by calling us black or by calling us African-American or by giving us one month to celebrate our heritage or our history. Or in, and on top of that, the light that we're always celebrating is slavery. <laughs> so right. it's like, right. you know, not, not necessarily any of the good stuff, mostly of the good stuff. Like when I, we learned about stuff like that in school, it was mostly black teachers that taught us about the, the good stuff. And when it was like non-black teachers, we really just learned about the basic stuff. Not saying that all non-black teachers do that, but my experience was like that. Right. I, I can definitely attest to that. Like my the whole first half of my years being here, like all the way up until I wanna say high school. And even in high school, we learned things from a textbook. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, like in a lot of the textbooks from back in the day, even before we were in school, before we were even thought of, pretty much only mentioned Black people in a slavery type of mentality. So, you know, like teaching kids, especially Black children, about their history and their heritage and the and parents always having to work, them not being able to tell their kids about where they came from and like what the actual history is, you know, what our motherland is, all of these different things, even going all the way into religion, um, it brings down the the uh, the word. What is the word that I'm looking for? It brings down or just a bad stigma to put it yeah. that way to black people itself, you know. And it may, it paints us in a light in our own mind that keeps us down, mm-hmm. you know. And and it, and I'm gonna just say it like it sucks, you know. It sucks to think that this person walking by me probably thinks that I'm a threat to them because they think I'm going to lash out. They think I'm going to do something crazy. They paint us crazy in the media, all these different things, you know, and I was on Twitter this morning. I went to the gym this morning. I got on Twitter and, you know, they're slamming this guy, uh, they're slamming Joe Rogan. Oh, dang. Um, Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. They're slamming him for using the N word. Mm -hmm. Now this montage that they put together, like I, I sat through the whole montage and I was like, if it's offensive to me, then I'm definitely going to, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be offended. I'm going to say something about it, whatever. I'm going to use my voice because I'm black. It's black history month. And I believe people deserve to know. Yeah. But when I watched, when I watched the montage, yes, things were taken out of context. No, he should not have used the word, but most of the time he was bringing a light to the word as to how it was being used. And I'm like, yeah. And this is the problem, you know, they paint us negative to us. So then we talk about it as a community so that it is negative to us. So now whenever somebody says it, even if they're bringing light to it, it's like, whoa, we're ready to fight them because you can't say that. Like you can't say yeah. that, period. But, you know, like this yeah, is the I problem. Feel, yeah, it is, it's a big problem. I feel like it was like, it is taken out of context because of how they made the video. But at the same time, like the clip of him talking about go into the party with the apes and all that stuff like that was not cool but on top of that like you could talk about what you want to talk about because like at the end of the day like people could listen to it or not listen to it Mm -hmm. but you know it's out there for everybody to see so somebody's gonna get offended by it but at the same time like you didn't need to talk about that i don't feel like you need to say nothing like that to to paint a picture of where you were or whatever the story was because people are like well he was just telling the story but no like you don't have to you did not have to paint the picture like how you did because you made it seem like you know like it was racist like that's racist you can't say stuff like that and i don't know like yeah he came out with his apology or whatever or whatnot but i don't buy any of it like people that do (laughs) stuff like that they're gonna do it again you know 
when nobody's looking. He only saying something now because people are saying like the spotlight's on him. And it's crazy though, because people are like, it, they only really did all that just to, you know, during Black History Month, just to make you guys all mad and, you know, get somebody to cancel him. And now all the Black people are doing everybody else's work again, because, which I do kind of see it being like that, because like right. we are upset, but like what really sparked my gears about it, because like I've been known that this guy is like how he is. Mm-hmm. What sparked my gears was NDRE's video that she had made about you know her like what she was saying and i was just like okay like she making a whole lot of sense here like what she's saying not that you know she wouldn't or whatever but this is stuff that she has been saying for a long time you know about people in the media and now like you know people are like oh now we get what you're saying girl yeah so it's just crazy and then on top of that like how you saying they're you know they're trying to sell us back to us to get us to which it just makes us all more angry because we're like, you don't know, like you're trying to sit here and say, you get the problem. You understand, like, you know us more than we do, but it's like, bitch, we're the ones living this life. You can't sit here and say, you know, and the same thing, like I can't sit here and say, I know how it feels to be white, how it feels to be Asian, how it feels to be any of these other nationalities, because I don't live that life, Mm -hmm. but I can sit here and I can tell you how my experience is, my experience is as a black man and as a gay man, I can tell you both of those. So yeah. like that's where my expertise comes in, girl. Like, <laughs> and I think that, and I think that's where we were kind of making a connection before we started today. Like, Black history itself is something that they have learned to package and sell, and that's crazy because Black history you don't we don't do that with any other type of history. I mean, no. okay, 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 okay. Before I get canceled for saying that, <laughs> we do it. We do it. We just don't do it on a educational scale. Like we don't learn about Asian history. We don't learn about Saudi Arabian history. We don't learn about European history. You know, we don't learn about those things. We learn about American history and they don't sell us American history. They sell us flags Yeah. and state things. You know, you go, you travel through an airport. What do you see? You see a Texas hoodie. You see a Kentucky hoodie. You see a Minnesota hoodie. You know, yeah. you see a hoodie for that state. But that is, that is, it has their flag on it. It's in their colors. It's in all those things. That is a form of American history, but they don't put that in your face. Like these people were slaves. These people, yeah. you know, they don't, <laughs> they don't sell it to you like that. Black people and black history is the only type of history that is sold to Americans and non-Americans outside of here. People who come here and learn here in America as a slave mentality, as a sheeple, they, 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 they provide the information to say these types of people are like this, so stay away from these types of people, but do their things because yeah, we like this part. One hundred percent. What the hypocritical statement? I just I I can't. Like look at like I have you seen Bath and Body Works? Like how they everybody's talking mm. about it is basically how they have you know all the African prints and. Oh, the watermelon. It's it's one of the um wow. it's watermelon lemonade, but they already had the candle, but it's crazy that they all of a sudden branded it for Black History Month and it's all up in the forefront. Talk about watermelon lemonade. Like wow. I know a whole lot of black people that hate freaking watermelon. I don't <laughs> understand that whole stereotype. Like I know right. so many people that hate it. And I like I love it. I get it, but still, like what? I know a lot of people that hate a lot of stuff that people that you know they stereotype black people to have yes and some people are like you know they're on board with it i guess because they're saying like oh well at least you know we get the representation but at the same time it's like yeah the representation is cool but it's at the expense of us because whose money are they capitalizing off of 
It's right. black. Like, I'm not saying that um, non-black people aren't buying this stuff because that was one of the tweets that I had read. <laughs> one of the my, one of the tweets that I had read was somebody was like, <laughs> yeah, all the Karens were swarming the table, girl. They was all buying it up. All the guilt. They was like all the guilty white tears Karens. Like, it was oh, so funny. No. I was like, no. I was like, no, you can't say that. But I was like, that's what I would imagine. Who would be buying that? Because, you know, yeah. people that don't like that stuff, they're not going to buy it, obviously. Mm. But those right. people that feel some type of guilt or whatever, they are going to be, they're going to be like, look at what I did in support of Black History Month when yes. in reality, that's not going to know Black people. It's the not going to. Oh, <laughs> what do they call them? They call, there's a name There's a name for it. Maybe it's just in my friend group and I can't remember what it is that they're called, but it's like the community supporters or something like that. It's like the people, the investors. There the allies. You know, like, yeah, the, <laughs> the community allies, the community investors, the people who have the money who give the money, you know, so that these communities can flourish and be and all these things, you know, and I'm like, I'm not trying to paint nobody a negative light. If you want to give somebody money because you feel some type of way and you, you know, do your business, but don't do it out of guilt. Yeah, don't Absolutely do that out of guilt. do it because you see somebody like you see somebody and you're like, I need to give them this because it's going to help them. Don't do it like, well, my heritage, <laughs> you know, my white privilege or Spanish privilege or whatever, you know, whatever privilege, your privilege should never come into it. It should just be kind. Yeah. Out of your heart, for sure. And I don't know, like, I don't know how it is to live in any other country, but it's kind of weird here how we capitalize off of everything. I get it, but it's like, it, it gets exhausting to a point because it's like, girl, the same thing you we were to we talked about this before about pride, how they all of a sudden now is so, you know, OK, and everybody's selling it and stuff. And people are like, well, like, at least they're, you know, supporting us. But you have to look at why they're supporting us. Is it because they actually care for us or they're creating spaces for us? Or is it because they know that they can make money off of us like they're capitalizing off? Of, like, that's yeah. the biggest thing that like, a lot of people don't see is that they don't care about you. They just care about what you can do for them. And basically it's, you know, them pocketing all of your money from buying their, their stupid. And I don't know, I don't get it. Cause a lot of the stuff um, I saw at Target though, that they are Black History Month. They are doing, um, they had like black artists. So it is people that actually like black people that actually, you know, design yeah. that stuff. And I don't know how like that is working for them. If it's, if they get like a certain percentage or whatever which I hope they do from the sales. I hope something like that happens. But if not, at least they get the exposure. So that's cool. Yeah. At least it's not like some just little Tommy back here is on the internet studying, looking on Google, seeing what African images look like. And then he's going to go duplicate that and put that on a bottle or, you know, or like whatever image that he wow. needs to design for. Like, I don't know what, like, you know, I just, yeah. that's what I imagine. Cause I'm not it like, possible. I'm not sure. It, it yeah. is possible. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like how these streaming devices, our streaming services, a lot of them are putting like Black History Month or Black Voices or like Black stuff right. like that. And then the movies that they're putting up is like 12 Years a Slave. Like really, like that's yes. really the only movies y'all could find that glorify Black people, which don't even glorify Black people because those are Black, like those are painful movies for all of us to watch because now we're sitting here thinking like, dang, like that's what my people went through. Like, I'm so glad, I'm so grateful to not have to have to live during during that time because I always think in my head, like I would have been dead because there's no way in hell that I would have been able to listen and go through all of that. Like I would have either committed suicide or I would have got killed because I would have been doing too much of this. Like, I don't know, like I just don't see myself right. being able to do that. And so when I watch those movies, it's very painful, painful for me to watch that because of how I just know like, 
you know, they had to, that's what they had to deal with. And they did it because they saw a future for not only like, you know, their immediate kids, but all of us now. Like, so it's like, yeah, like, yeah. And and that's, I think that's, what's really hard about it. Cause we want to be, we don't want to be constantly reminded about our past, you know, and it's not that far off. Like, I, I I think a lot of people think that like, oh, that was so long ago, but you really have to think about it and go, generationally speaking my grandmother is 92 years old yeah our grandmothers were and alive during jim crow they lived during jim crow girl can i said i said nine my grandma's 92 and she grew up in texas jim so crow. she definitely knows <laughs> yeah i'm like so she so she definitely experienced racism like yes, definitely. and she's white my grandma yeah. my, my grandma on my mom's side is white yeah i'm mixed my my mom is white and my dad is black and I've asked my grandma a couple times, like, hey, so what was life like when you were... So she's definitely went through it because that was not yeah. okay. And she was like, it was hard. <laughs> like, she's she's the only... She's, she's my last living grandma. Yeah. And she tells me, she's like, it, it was hard. It was not easy, you know? And like, to have a family that has little mixed children running around is beautiful. And I love that. It is. And- it's beautiful. Like, I, I think any mixture of any kids are beautiful. But like, just, I feel like, you know, it's, it all, it all just always goes back to love. And I just think any like creation of anything is always beautiful. And I feel like that's the sucky part about people not seeing that and people being against that. It's crazy that anybody can be against that. Right. My, not to harp on her. She, you know, grew up in a Christian household. She still goes to church to this day, Mm -hmm. COVID vaccine and all she's going to church. She does not care. And that to me shows that, you know, the love that she provided for our family prevailed. Um, my grandfather passed when I was three years old. She's still living. She's still doing everything that she was doing before she's still doing now at 92. And she encourages us just to love, 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 love. You know, I came out to her. We'll get into that. I came out to her Stop. and she was like, she was like, you know, this is not the way that I grew up learning and, but I love you. Yeah. That's all she could say. She's, you know, I love you. So you know, I, I definitely think slavery and black history is a huge part of the American culture that is sold the wrong way. And I think that we should be uplifted every day of the year, every year from now on, and look at the good, great, positive things that were happening mm-hmm. instead of harping on all of the, you know, negative stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel it. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Um, Hopefully people can, you know, start to just do their own research and see the good things because there's a lot of good stuff. Like I, I totally remembered that I saved this list and it has this, this uh, list full of inventions and inventors and stuff, but also too, like this other, uh, I saw on Twitter, this other picture is that, have you seen this? Did you see me post this? Can you see that? It was like, no, it's freaking- like- blurred in did you see this picture of this man and like how he oh was? yes okay so basically it's a picture of a yeah. man um drinking out of a, a black man drinking out of a white only fountain mm-hmm. and you know like how we were just talking about jim crow like how people are still alive you know from jim crow he's still alive today and you know people think wow. that that's so like long ago but this man is basically like the same age as my grandfather would have been wow. or might have been when he passed i don't know but yeah Anyways, let's read some of these before we move on into, you know, the next segment. Let's read some of these inventions that, you know, people probably might not know a Black person invented. Um, Did you know that the air conditioner was invented by a Black person? 
Wow. By Frederick M. Jones in 1949. He invented the AC, the AC unit. What's something that you use every day? Let me see. Oh my gosh. Do you, what do you use every day? Something that you use every day, a curtain rod? No, I mean, you kind of do. And I'm like, it's the folding bed. I, feel, the folding I almost chair. feel like I'm not even, I, I mean, I'm very educated. I'm very educated when it comes to black history, but there, I know there's a lot that I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Some of these like I knew about already because yeah. I did like black history B when I was in elementary school. And so like I had to study a lot of this stuff because they asked us a lot of these questions. But some of these I didn't know. I'm just like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Like um, I did not know about the spark plug being invented by a black person. Like that's awesome because my car wouldn't be able to drive without a spark plug. Like, that's cool. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, there's a lot on here. Let me just read some and then, yeah, I keep on saying that, but here we go. Um, so the clothes dryer, a curtain rod, a curtain rod support. So the whole like curtain rod system thing that you buy at the store, um, a doorknob, a doorstop, an egg beater, an electric lamp bulb, an elevator. Oh, dang, I did not know that. Oh, yeah, I think I did know that. Because Christina's dad works on elevators and I think like he was the one that told me. Uh, Eyewear eye protector. Fire ladder escape, that's cool. Fire extinguisher, look at us saving lives. Folding bed, folding chair. Fountain For the human pen. people. What's a fountain pen? Do you know what that is? A fountain pen? Yeah. It's like, it's not a calligraphy pen. Oh, oh, it's, it's like, a, it's, it's kind of like, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have an idea. I'm like, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> I know what uh, it is, but I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Gas mask, a golf tee. I knew the golf tee. George T. Grant, because the golf tee. Mm -hmm. um, guitar, hairbrush, ice cream scoop. We'll, we'll, we love ice cream. Okay. Ironing board, yes. Cause girl, we'd be having wrinkled clothes and stuff. But yeah, that's just <laughs> like a lot of them. You know, there's more. I encourage you guys to go and look and see, you know, what black people have contributed to this earth. Especially if you haven't, you don't know about it. It's something very cool to look and see, to see us in a different light instead of always seeing us in the slavery light or us being the aggressive, uh, angry black people that you guys think we are. Yeah, or the rapper, or you know, yeah, a singer, so. or something entertainment. I feel like we're only highlighted in entertainment, and maybe sometimes in the movies. But most of the time, we die first in the movie. So yeah, I like um, the new trend that they're doing right now with how they're trying to uh, make more, like how black movie producers and directors are trying to make more movies of us in good light. I like that. So mm -hmm. I, I think that needs to continue. That needs to be something that continues. So years from now, we can, you know, these streaming devices can upload Black History Month content and go, okay, now we can put The Harder They Fall on here because that's a good movie that shows us in a cool, good light. Like, you know, Cowboys and stuff like that. I don't know, yeah. like just good movies. Issa Rae got a lot of good stuff coming out. I, I read that she got a lot Amen. of good, which I'm pretty sure that's going to be a lot of good stuff for us to watch later on Black History because they touch on a lot of that stuff. Amen. Um, yeah. Yes. So 
I'm excited for that. But. Me too. All right, so let's keep the show moving. Um, let's get into our coming out stories. So basically, we're not going to get into all the juice because that, you know, will take us all day. Um, we could do another episode maybe one day about just navigating life on, you know, being gay or going through high school, going, like just being younger and stuff like that, because that's yeah. another different, that's something else. But today, mm-hmm. we're just going to really get to um, our coming out stories and how we did it, you know. Today, I was thinking about it before um, I called Evan and I was like really thinking about the pressure that I had on me about being in the closet. Um, Cause we have, we've had this conversation before like Evan and I have talked about pretty much everything that you could think of pretty much. And I felt like the, when I had this conversation with you before like I really didn't feel the way how I felt today. And so I don't know why, um, but now that we've talked about it, I've had, I had more time to really think about like, you know, my response of what is going to be today. Um, and yeah, just like today before I called you thinking about like the pressure that I had growing up and being and getting to the point of coming out was really insane to think about it. Like I was scared to death to tell people mm-hmm. to like, and I know everybody, everybody is because everybody's always just afraid of letting their love down, loved ones down. Mm-hmm. And I just know that I was so afraid to tell people and I felt that feeling. It's so weird how you can look back on a memory and kind of feel how you felt. It's so mm-hmm. weird. Like that's how I, that's what happened to me today. And it reminded me like, okay, there's somebody else out there now that's going through the same thing that you went through, you know? And it's crazy that this is the reason why you came out. Cause like I was, re- I remember telling myself, when we had this conversation, like, I didn't really feel like it was necessary for me to come out. But now looking at it, I feel like it was necessary for me because it was for my own sake um, of coming, you know, of doing so. I felt so much anxiety, so much pressure, so much tension on myself when it was a secret to, like, me um, away from, like, my family members and all my friends. Mm-hmm. And then after I did that, like, that was just a whole weight off my shoulders, you know? Yeah. Um how about you go first though about your okay. story because mine's really like I said it now I see it being more important of why I did it but mm-hmm. it's still really not that bad or it's yeah. not that it's not a tearjerker or anything like that so <laughs> um okay so being I keep evolving I'm gonna start with that yeah uh that's a I, good way to put it yeah I'm like I keep evolving I I I don't I know where to begin, but it's almost like, dang, like now I'm starting to think back into my memories too. And it's bringing up a lot of emotions that I not, didn't necessarily com- suppress, but I, I definitely have compressed them into just one massive thing. And it's it's led me to just believe that my life is purposeful. That's, you yeah. know, that's, where, that's where it all chalks up to. And the reason why I do what I do, my purpose, it, my being is that. So uh, coming out for me was a very unique experience. I want to say, cause I, like, as I've told you before, you know, whenever we talk about it, I came out almost three times Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it was crazy. Every single time I did, it was more emotional. And I felt, if you think about it, you come out all the time. Like if you think about it, yeah, you, you actually come out constantly. <laughs> right. You, you continuously have to do it. And it's just a part of accepting yourself. Mm-hmm. and understanding that this is who I am 
and I'm proud of who I am and I love to be who I am. I love myself. And by loving myself, I'm able to love somebody else, you know, yeah. as RuPaul would say. Because how the hell are you going to love somebody else if you ain't like it? Wait, I, wait, I said, I fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't love yourself, how the hell are there you going to There you go. And I watched else? way too much RuPaul. Oh, my God. I got too much, too excited. And I rushed into that way too fast. Okay, let's um, carry on. <laughs> so the first time that I tried to come out, I think I was maybe 12 or 13 years old. I, th- okay. I want to say it was around then. It was like in middle school. And, you know, I had I had an experience, but it wasn't sexual. It was more so mental, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, was, I, it was like mental sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and somebody had opened my eyes to just understanding that you can love a boy. Mm-hmm. As a boy, you can love a boy. And I yeah. was like, okay. So I was walking around, you know, telling people like, oh, I love him. I love him. And at that time, uh, I don't know what, what year it was, but it was early 2000s whatever it was maybe yeah yeah. um it wasn't really accepted to be that way and I rode a bus to school so you know I got picked on there was nobody really there to defend me I had to defend myself and a lot of the girls would be like you're so pretty I love your hair you dress so nice and like all this stuff and they would you know not pick on me but they would tell me like oh you're so pretty you know so I would tell people I'm pretty I'm beautiful I would want to be your Judy (laughs) right Right. Uh, I would use words like that around my friends that were boys and they'd be like, yo, why do you talk like that? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's what the girls tell me. So I'm that like, whatever. Um, and then one day someone called me gay and I mm. didn't know what it was. I, my family didn't educate us about that stuff. So I looked it up and I was like, what is gay? And, you know, the the official dictionary version of it is to be happy. Yeah. Or one that is happy, or something like that. And I was not like, to cut you off, but I don't remember how I found out what gay was. Like I don't even know. Wow, really? Like I, that's gonna be something I'm Dang. gonna have to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Someone called me gay on the bus, and I went and googled it, or looked it up in the dictionary, or came across it when I was studying or whatever. And I was like, to be happy, I was like, oh yeah, so I'm definitely gay. Then yeah. if somebody says I'm gay, I'm gonna say and. I just and knew I was play. it. <laughs> Whatever it was, I just knew I was it. <laughs> You know, um, hello. It kind of broke up a little bit. I mean, um, I can hear Sorry. you. Oh, I just said I just know I was it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whatever um, it was. But I, but I, I found out what it what it meant. So I was telling people. I wasn't telling people like, "Hey, I'm gay." Mm-hmm. But if they said like, "Oh, that, you're gay" or whatever, I would say, "Yeah." And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know that it meant that you like boys or anything at that time. Yeah. So. I wrote these stories in a journal and my parents found it and they asked me like, what is this, you know? And then they went on about it. And I tried to tell them like, Hey, like, I think I'm gay. And I think I like this boy, like all this stuff. And I ended up finding out that being gay meant being homosexual. It meant, you know, uh, liking boys and all this stuff. And there was a boy that I had a crush on and he is gay too, but Mm. I didn't know. I didn't know (laughs) back then. So fast forward, I was in uh, I was in high school, maybe like 16, 17 years old. And I tried to admit it to my parents again and they weren't having it. So then, you know, fast forward again, uh, it's like 22 years old and I officially came out and I said, you know what? If you this can't accept me. this, yeah, I said, if you can't accept this about me and this part of my life, I accept that for you, but I also accept myself for myself. Yeah. You know, and I have to I have to acknowledge this part of my life. And without doing that, I honestly, truly would not be where, who or how I am today. 
I'm able to hold myself accountable, my friends accountable, set up boundaries, tell people what I like, what I do not like, you know, and just, you in full control. I'm in control, correct. Mm-hmm. And and coming out was that first step of taking full control. Full control. Yeah. yeah. As Jenna would say. Shout out to Jenna Jackson. Her documentary <laughs> just came out. Go ahead and watch that. I still haven't seen it because I have cable. I'm so sad. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. Yeah, this is so great. Yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean that's that is a very, very powerful message to a lot of people out there that may be struggling with um going through like trying to figure out why should they come out or like you know to just give them a reason to do it at all because a lot of us don't know why and so you know because i wanted to talk about this i had to ask myself a million times why why is it Mm -hmm. keep on saying my internet is unstable i paid the bill (laughs) (laughs) anyways um and so like now i understand it 100 and after just hearing evan's story that's basically what we all want of our lives is full control. And so if anything can benefit you from coming out, it's full, it's, you know, gaining full control of your life. Um, So, I mean, I guess from my story, it really isn't too dynamic or anything like that. Um, Basically like me being so respectful because I'm just an angel and everything. um, It was my 19th birthday and my boyfriend was coming over to like, you know, he, okay, so basically what happened was I was dating this boy or this guy because he wasn't a boy. I mean, he had a boy body, but he wasn't a boy. He was a man. <laughs> yeah, like, that shade, huh? Shady, shady, shady. Anyways, um, so we were dating and he moved, he was, fr- he, I met him in LA and then he moved back home to Baltimore because that's where he was from. So then like we were still talking while he was living in Baltimore and in my head, we were in a full long relationship and maybe in his head, he wasn't. Um, But I mean, anyways, long story short, he came to see me for my birthday. He was coming to see me for my birthday. And, you know, like I didn't feel like I needed to get him a hotel because it was my birthday. So like if he wanted to get a hotel, he could have got himself one. Mm -hmm. Um, but like what I did offer was I was like, well, I mean, my parents have this house, like, you know, I live in it and I pay rent here. So you could come stay here with me at my house or whatever. But they didn't I didn't really feel too comfortable fully until I, I actually told my parents, like, hey, this is who he is. And so that's what really kind of pushed me to do it. And then at the same time, like I was saying earlier, just the whole anxiety, all the pressure, all that stuff. Like I just got to the point where I was like, you know what, I, do, I really don't want to spend this weekend with this guy that I have a lot of feelings for trying to explain who he is every single second or me trying to hide who he is or who I am every single second. Like I just don't have the energy for it. So that really was one of the, another, another thing that pushed me that was like, you know what, you need to just live your truth and say who the fuck you are. So you can just do things and stop apologizing or making excuses or doing, you know, like it just was, it just did not, it was time. It was time for me to do it. And mm-hmm. these little things pushed me to do it. But at the same time, like it was time for me to do it and time for me to take control. And so basically, yeah, um, him coming pushed me to tell my parents. I set them down. Um, it, it's crazy because the night before my older brother had found out and he got upset because he was like one of the only si- I had all my siblings I knew at this point. He was mm-hmm. the only one that did not know. And word of advice to people out there trying to figure out, you know, how to tell people. There are some people that you probably should just never tell who have no business you knowing, knowing at all. Like mm-hmm. it will save you the energy, save you the time, save you the hurt. Some people 
just don't tell them. They don't like intent. Like if you maybe one day they'll have the they'll come to an understanding of what it is and they'll be mm-hmm. you know more mature to handle it. But there's just some people that you should just be like, you know what, this is you know you know me for who I am. You don't need to know anything else. Like I'm not gonna tell you anything else personal because you just don't need to know that side of me. Like I get it. People are like, well, you're hiding your side. You know, you're hiding from them. When in reality, you're not, you're just not telling them everything. <laughs> and it's okay right. because they're not gonna accept it fully and, and they're just not ready for that. Maybe it's just, they're not ready for it or they just don't, they don't, you know, they don't get the privilege of accepting that because it is a privilege to know people, to know us, you know, queer folk, we're special people. Yes, A lot of us are, I mean, I don't know about, I can't speak for every single one of us, but a lot of us are special and unique and it is a fucking real privilege to know us and, you know, to have any type of friendship with us. And I'm glad that, like how you said earlier, setting boundaries, I'm glad that I learned how to do that because, you know, without doing that, people would just still be, you know, be be thinking in their head like, oh, I have access to him whenever I feel like it. And that's right. not okay. Like some people don't deserve access, which that's why I'm saying like certain people deserve not to know. You just don't tell anybody or not tell everybody. Some people... Like how I'm saying my brother reacted. He just, I should have probably just never told him, but I mean, he confronted me about it, which is why I never told him in the first place. And, you know, it just didn't go well because he was upset, like highly. And I'm just over here trying to live my best life. And I'm just like, okay, I get it, you're upset, but it's my life. So, you know, now we're good. We've never really talked about it since then. It's kind of been like a, a blow up that happened. And then, we just went months without talking, without speaking, which it wasn't my choice. Like I never wanted that to happen, but I mean, it was his choice and I had to give him his space. So I let him do whatever the fuck he needed to do to get through it, go through whatever he was going through. And, you know, one day, like we were able to be in the same room again and we don't really ever talk about it, which I think that's something that I would like to do because I think for me later, it would make me feel better. Like, even though I've I don't, I don't feel like I've fully forgiven him because I can't say that I fully have because we haven't talked about it. I haven't been able to actually tell him how I felt, how that made me feel. But at the same time, I don't want to like dwell on something that happened so long ago Right. at the same time and hold that grudge either because that's just not something I want to do and have a regret like, oh, blah, 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 whatever later, you know? So I, a part of me is, a part of me just wants to let it go, which I feel like I have um but anyway he didn't take it well and so that kind of like put a little more fire into my tissue because I was like well hopefully he didn't tell my parents yet because I want to tell them like I want to be the one to tell them um and so yeah so the next day you know that next morning very next morning I woke up and I remember I told them you know I sat them down I said I really have something to tell you guys I don't know how to tell you but I just need to tell you guys the truth um and I told them like this is who I am and I'm sorry if I'm disappointing to you or that you don't accept it or anything like that. Like I gave them the whole list. Like, I'm sorry for these things if you can't accept it, but this is who I really am. And I have to tell you guys the truth. Like this is me or whatever. And you know, they both told me that they love me and that they didn't care and it didn't matter to them. And I don't know, some stuff told, some stuff told me that it wasn't okay with my dad. And I knew that my mom was gonna be okay with it just because like our relationship that we've always had, like no matter what, my mom has always accepted me, no matter how weird I've been, no matter like, you know, just 
through everything. Like I could always count on my mom to be there for me no matter what. And so like, I knew she was, she was going to be on my side about it. But like my dad, he apparently wasn't, he said he was, but he wasn't because I found out some stuff later, which is whatever now, but there's some facts in there that, you know, actually did happen that I'm like, okay, you said you were okay with it, but you're not. Um, But yeah, my mom, you know, I have recently had a conversation with her and I had asked her like, how do you feel about having, you know, how did you, how do you feel about me being gay now? Like, I know we've had this conversation before, but like, how do you feel about it now? And she still has, her answer kind of altered a little bit. It's kind of a little bit more, more accepting if you, if I, I guess I would say, yeah. because it, it's, she only really just said, it really doesn't matter to me. And that for me shows that she doesn't care. Like, you know, the, what I, not that she doesn't care who I am, but she, she's open to who I am Mm -hmm. because no matter what I do or like how bad of a person I could have been or turned up to be, or maybe still might end up being, who knows, like, who knows where my life will go. Um, knock on wood, but we're, regardless of what I could have been in life, my mom accepts me. And so like, you know, that for me being older and that being another, um, you know, what do you call it? Affirmation of, you know, just mm-hmm. me going, me being accepted by her, because I think that was the biggest person that I really wanted to accept me anyways. I really didn't care if anybody else did, to be honest. Um, right. And which is an, a very important lesson. Yeah, for sure. That that message, I, I hope that message resonates with somebody that hears this because that it's resonating with me, especially with situations that I go through my friends, you know, I love my friends. Mm-hmm. Like they're a part of my body. <laughs> yeah, for and I take I take care of myself very very well. I go to the gym. You know, I eat healthy. I do a lot of things to keep myself moving and abundant in every place that I can go. And I take care of my friends. So when they don't accept me, it bothers me. But as long as I'm accepted by my parents, like you, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like I'm like if if my mom says that she loves me and my dad says that he loves me, then I'm loved. Like <laughs> yeah. You know? Because yeah. there's a lot of people out there that that's the one thing that they want is their parents to accept them and they don't have that. And yeah. that's where I feel like I'm fortunate. You're fortunate. Like we're like, even though it took those couple of times for you to have to come out and tell them like, hey, this yeah. is who I am. You're fortunate enough to have them still and them to eventually come around because some people don't like I'd be watching RuPaul's Drag Race and some of their stories on there, how they, you know, left their house because they weren't accepted or they were kicked out or Mm -hmm. just like Pose was based off of real stories. And like that stuff happens all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, um, yeah, like when I was talking to my mom, she was telling me about this story that she had just saw that she was like, it reminded me of, you know, you and something that I would never do was I guess she was watching this uh, show when this guy, I for, I think, I don't know what, it was on like Lifetime or something, TLC maybe, mm-hmm. um, about him getting kicked out, being like being a queer um, youth or whatever, you know, and how he became homeless. And he basically uses his story now to go around and inspire other people to, you know, not let that set them back because it is a big thing. A lot of queer youth end up homeless. And like a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, homeless people blah 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 because a lot of people act like homeless people choose to be homeless like I refuse to think that anybody like I'm not going to sit here and say that some people aren't choosing that because I'm pretty sure maybe there are some people that are like whatever I don't care because that's just where their life goes but at the same time 
I refuse to to believe that there's a lot of people out there that are choosing to be homeless. Some people have no choice. And not all of them want that. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of these queer youth, they don't have a choice. Like that's where they end up because that's all they can do for themselves. You know, because once they they're found out about, they're put out with the sudden like nowhere to go, you know. So I don't know. It's just it's it's fortunate for us to have, you know, our parents and stuff. And that's the biggest people I feel like the biggest validation that you need anyways. You don't need any validation. I don't want you guys to think like you need some type of validation to come out or like after the fact that you come out, you look for some validation and you don't get that. I don't want you to think it's the end of the world and it's a mistake that you made because like we said earlier, it's taking control of your life and everybody isn't going to agree with the things that you do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you have to be able to figure out like what it's worth for you because like we said it's different for everybody you know yeah when we had this conversation before my whole reason necessary for coming out was a whole different reason right Mm -hmm. remember that so yeah and reasons change reasons definitely change people evolve people grow you know and I think it's important for us to grow into our own and the sooner that you can do that the sooner that you can accept yourself and understand that when you don't accept yourself when you are giving the your the reasons for why you're doing something or your abilities or your actions to the reason of somebody thinking something about you mm-hmm. you have now given them control you She's have so now cute. given them control <laughs> right <laughs> and it's, it's it's one of those things that make you think you know when you sit down and you look at your actions you're like why did i do that yeah and, and you come to realize it's because of somebody's thought or you want somebody to like you or so on and so forth. validation validation yep it reminds you that okay so i wasn't in control of that situation and i completely gave my power away yeah. now sometimes you may do some things that help you to set boundaries or push you to set the boundary mm-hmm. and that's you taking control of your life and saying this is who i am and this is how i want to be treated and please respect that yeah you know and then if somebody wants to jump on the outside of that then then they just don't have the capacity to do that for you. Yeah, you know? yep, 100. yeah, 100. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody can find their own family. Like, this is something mm-hmm. that's been put into perspective for me um, since I became an adult is, like, your family's always going to be your family. However, you know, you can't always dwell on, regardless of that being your family, you can't what I'm basically what I'm trying to say is you can't allow like you have to set boundaries with them as well you can't allow them to just run through your life and come in and out when it's it's convenient for them especially when you have something very stable going on you know so it's like family members are gonna be family members you can find your chosen family anywhere because like I still have my family we still have both have our families but we also have our chosen families as well and so you know it's better to have not worth we've been saying this we're fortunate you guys get that already but for the people that you know are out there struggling trying to figure out what do you need to do for you your chosen family might be it for you that might be all you really need anyways because those people are going to be the people that are going to accept you no matter what and they're going to be real with you from day one like those people are the people that you need in your life and they come a dime a dozen. They don't really come a dime a dozen is what I was trying to say. I was about to say they come a dime a dozen because that's a lot. <laughs> they know, yeah. It might be one person. It might be one person that's your chosen family and y'all rock together forever. That could be your soulmate. You never know. Yeah. Or it could be 12, 
12 to 30 people, you know, you never know who you're going to find until you start to start that acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you guys out there have any questions or anything um, regarding like coming out or anything like that, you can, you know, tweet me at, what is my tweet? What is it? I think, isn't it still Trey Socray? No, not that one. I made a new one. I made a um, one for the podcast because we got to be professional. Okay, so yeah, basically you can reach me at what's the at underscore. Oh my gosh, I messed it up. I cannot say this yet. (laughs) You're laughing because last time I did this, huh? Anyways, (laughs) um, basically you can reach us at what's the combo. Oh my gosh, I messed it up again. (laughs) Let me just stop it right here. So, folks, I had to go off and come back on to get my sh- together. But now that we're back, you can follow me on Twitter. That is going to be at what's the underscore convo. Again, that is at what's the underscore convo. You guys can head over to Twitter, send me a DM, send me a tweet, tweet me, you know, ask me questions, whatever you guys have. If you guys um, want to ask Evan some questions, You have his social, but you can also hit us up on our social. Okay, um, so that is all. That's what I was trying to say before. And, you know, I'll see you guys in the next one. Or not see you. I'll speak to you in the next one. Okay, bye.